Big, Better, Best Books with authors, readers, and other endangered species. I'm your guide, Katerina Valentin. Come and join us. Welcome to Big, Better, Best Books podcast. And today's guest is Dr. Dane here. Hi. Welcome. Yes. Oh, I want to know if I'm big, better, or best. You are. Just maybe we shouldn't even come to that conclusion yet. Maybe we should just sort of let it play out and see. Think, I think maybe we, we choose in the end of the show. Okay. If you are Deal. big, better, or best yes. books. B, B, or B. Although when this book came out, you called it an inconsequential book. <laughs> we had to start there, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> Katarina, who is my uh, co-creator on this thing, you know, the last really sort of major book I wrote, if you will, is called Being You, Changing the World, and it had 330 pages. Uh, Return of the Gentleman has, what, 111? So it's about a third the size? So it was smaller. It, it was, was smaller. smaller and, so, and so I got it in my hand, and I was like, wait, I can barely feel it in comparison. The other book was three times as big. And I said, we need to change something. And Katarina said, actually... I think this works out really well. There are a lot of people who've said, this is great. It's small enough to read in an evening and I can travel with it. And so I went, okay, maybe my idea that the size matters. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I got over my point of view that size matters right then in that moment. See, that's such a gift. That's like the first gift of the book is that you get over your point of view that size matters. Yes. So how did this book come about? Well, sort of really interesting because I've had, you know, in the last 18 years of doing access consciousness, I have met thousands of men, thousands of women, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people around the world. And there was always this interesting energy that the men in class had. And I always used to wonder, like, what's it going to take to wake these guys up? And I was in that question for many years, actually, and I never got an answer. Sometimes when you ask the universe, The universe doesn't move quite as fast as you would like it to, but it always produces greater. So here I was, we were in Costa Rica, we were having an event, and there were a few of us in the Axis Dazzle, and a friend of mine, Liam, who's been to many Axis Consciousness classes, uh, sitting at a table having lunch. And it was interesting, because we were saying something about being a man, being a gentleman. And Liam turns to me and he says, he's all, do you know that everything I know about actually being a man in the world, being a man that's not like other men, and I would say being a gentleman is actually from you. And I went, what? He said, yeah, and this guy's 23. He said, from the time he was a teenager, he was searching on all of these you know, different topics about how to be a man, how to be a better man, how to be a great man, how to be a man that you know people would love, admire, and adore. All of these Google search terms that he put in, and he said, the only thing I found was about how to be an alpha male, how to dominate women, how to get women to have sex with you. And that was the entire conversation. And he said, he said, and then I met you and I saw how you were with people. He said, you're sexual, you love sex, you love women, you love their bodies, you enjoy having sex with them, and yet you're honoring of them. You don't try to abuse them and use them. He's like, you're always contributing to them. And the way you are as a person in the world, he's like, I've learned that I can be like that too. And I went, whoa. I mean, it just, it really did floor me, you know? And and it was such a surprise to me to see that this young, amazing gentleman had no resources where he could find the information on actually being a gentleman. And when he said that what he had seen in me had actually given him an awareness that something different was possible. Number one, I was completely surprised, amazed, blown away. And also I just 
kind of, I literally sat there at the table crying because I was like, wow, this is the world we live in where there are no resources. So the book got created out of a desire to contribute to the gentlemen in the world that don't have anywhere else to go. The, what I would call them the humanoid men in the world, the seekers, the people who, who actually desire to have the ability to be potent and caring, desire to be sexual and kind, that desire to have the ability to have a woman's back and enjoy them in bed and in relationship. And, you know, and I'm right now we're talking in the context of men and women, but really it's, it's not about men and women. You can be, you know, you can be gay, straight, bisexual, trisexual, which is where you're willing to try anything sexual at least once, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not about that definition. It's not just the male and female gender stereotypes that fit into this. It's really all of us as people. And so the other thing I want to say is women are invited to the conversation also with open arms. Well, and actually, and we, you know, you brought that up in the book too. You talk about that, how women are invited and how this is not only about men. And there's so many things I want to ask, but I want to start by asking. So one of the ways the book was created was you did a series of, of Zooms and you actually only had men invited to the live Zoom. So right. what did that create? What did that open up when you didn't, when you actually had the conversation only with men? Well, it created a space where men finally had the ability to say what was true for them in a supportive environment with other men. Because what men tend to do is they try to say the right answer that the woman they're attracted to wants to hear or have the right conversation that will allow them to continue the relationship or continue to have sex or whatever it is. And so in this group of men only, and we allowed everybody to listen to the conversations mm -hmm. after, but initially I wanted men to have this place where they could have a voice because there's so many places where women actually have a voice of expression where it's just women. You know, and and I wanted to give that space to men to see what was actually going on for them and what I could contribute. Because what I realized that I never got before this conversation with Liam was something in the way that I have grown up as and in the way I see the world can be a gift to other men. And that's what I wanted to present in the book. And that's what we did with this Zoom. So how did you view a gentleman as a kid? It's interesting because I saw my dad being unkind pretty much to everybody. And I was always trying to be the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. So I, I did my best to be kind to everybody. And that meant men, that meant women. And what I found was there were so many, uh, there were so many men that would actually separate from me based on that. And it was like, I was just like, hi, can we be friends? And they were like, no, we can't be friends. Men are not friends. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. I didn't, I, I, sorry for asking, you know? And I would go away with my head down going, well, I don't understand this world at all. And then, you know, I had sort of a unique situation growing up. I, I experienced many things. I mean, I experienced abuse from a lot of people. I experienced abuse from women, dynamically, physically, emotionally. But I also had... My father, who was sort of uh, like he would cheat on anyone or anything. And then my mom, who happens to be gay. So and my mom was always my best friend from the time I was a little kid. So I'm really grateful for for that life growing up. But it gave me some very different perspectives because I felt like I got to see things from every side. Felt like I was it, it's not like I just got to see my dad's side or my mom's side because I was a man and my dad showed me how to be a man. It was more like 
I got to see my dad's side and I looked at that and I'm like, I don't really like this person. I don't like who he is. I don't like how he treats people. I saw it from my mom's side where she was always ostracized and she's a kind, caring, sweet, beautiful, loving person, but she happens to be gay. So that means this whole other world where it's like, you know, you're wrong for that. And she always felt wrong for being who she was. And then also this thing when I started growing up and started getting hormones whew, at about six, um, I know most people, it's teenage years. That wasn't the case for me. I, I started I started thinking about sexual things from the time I was about six years old, but I never had a place where I could be all of that. And I never had a space where I could be all of that. So I always felt like I was holding massive amounts of me back because there was never anybody who told me it's okay to be you exactly as you are. And so I had to find that for myself. And that's, once again, another reason I wrote the book. I'd like men and women to have that for themselves and know they're not alone. So when you talk about being a gentleman, it actually sounds like you have more freedom in being a gentleman. Well, I would say that in in a lot of definitions of a gentleman, it comes with certain definitions, like or, yeah. or even like limitations in a way. So what is a gentleman for you? Well, for me, really, I mean, if we're going to cut it down into a sentence or two, for me, really, a gentleman is a person that truly appreciates and values and is grateful for who they are as they show up in the world and somebody who's truly likes the man looking back in the mirror at them. Mm. You know, and for me, that really is about being honoring of others, honoring of ourselves and also honoring of our choices and honoring of our difference and realizing that once again, and one of the things I keep going back to is we truly can be everything. What we've done is we put it into these weird categories where it's like, if I like having sex with women, then I'm just a player and I don't care about women. And that's what we've been told by women our whole lives. If you just want to have sex with me, you're not caring about me. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're all buying that lie. It's not just the men that are buying that lie. It's the women that are buying that lie too. And so it's where a man can be everything that he is and not have to make an apology for who he is. And one of the things I've seen is with doing access consciousness classes around the world in the last 18 years is when a man steps into his potency, he becomes a gift to everyone in his life, but also the world in a way that is extremely dynamic. And most men don't realize they're capable of it. But so since you brought it here with the, so looking at the Me Too movement and now the Him Too movement. So how does this idea of being a gentleman come into that? There's a huge well, difference between what those two movements talk about and what yes. you talk about. Well, let me tell you the movement I would like to create. I would like <laughs> to call it Men Too. Okay, we have Me Too. Let's add Men Too also. Because men are part of the problem and they're also a huge part of the solution. And so how are men part of the problem? Well, when they have no concept and no desire to actually be a gentleman, because if you look at all these people who are doing this sexual abuse, this sexual invalidation, sexual inappropriateness, all that sort of stuff, that's this sense of I am powerful over you and I'm going to take that power now. Well, somebody who does that doesn't truly have any sense of power. If you truly have a sense of your own power, you don't need to do that to anybody and you don't need to tell anybody about it and you don't need to do that. So what I wanted to create and the conversation I would like to have is this awareness that men actually do have value in the world. Because it's very interesting, you know, the old philosophical question, if a tree falls in the forest and no one is around, is the man still wrong? Well, all men will tell you, yes, I am, you know, and all women will tell you, yes, they are. And then they'll get together and talk about how wrong their man is. We need to change this entire conversation. It's not that men are wrong and women are right. 
It's that we have a lot of assholes in the world. We need to call an asshole an asshole. When we see an asshole, acknowledge it because the only thing that comes out of an asshole is shit and farts, okay? And you know, we need to acknowledge that. It's not a difference in men and women because men, so many men and so many women desire the same thing. They desire a space where we can come together and be the greatness that we are together and be the contribution that we are together and be the gifting for each other, be the receiving for each other, be the kindness, be the sectionist, be the joy, be the play, be the hilariousness we can be for each other and with each other. It's that there are people who do not function that way and we need to acknowledge they are the problem. It's not men that are the problem. It's that we have all these people that function from this weird place where their insecurity makes them believe that they should be able to have the freedom to do whatever they want to anybody else. No, those people are the problem. We're not. So the the polarization between putting one group is men and one group is women, where yeah. actually it's in both groups, they're yep. assholes, exactly. whether or not they're female or male. So what would the world look like if we actually had more gentle women and more gentle men, just to put it like... It would be a world that is actually based on honoring ourselves and each other kindness for ourselves and each other, caring for ourselves and each other, and a sense of exploration of what else is possible, and also a sense of joy in playing together in whatever way we do. And it's so simple when we talk about it, but if you look at the world we live in right now, we need to start having a different conversation for that to occur. This book is part of that conversation. That's that's really one of the things. So when you've been sending it out in the world, what are the reactions you've been getting? Oh my goodness. One of the it's very interesting because I've had two massive sets of reactions, which is one men saying thank you so much. I've never felt anybody was speaking to me or for me, and I feel like you're doing both. And then the other one which was really which is really just so beautiful to receive there were so many women who either after watching the podcast or after actually after reading the book sent emails in saying thank you so much i see there are women who've said i see what men are going through now and i never realized this i thought i was the only one who had it hard and i thought women were the only one who had a challenge in their identity and I realize now that men have it too, and I'm gonna to be totally different with the men in my life. And then so many women who are in relationship said they or their husbands read the book, and uh, sorry, their husbands or boyfriends read the book, and they feel like they're actually getting the man that they got together with that they adored so much back. Hmm. Because what they'd seen is that they had progressively over years cut themselves off and they were not the person that they got together with. And so, this seems to have this effect of men actually being able to get the value of them and actually start to be them again in their relationships and in their lives. So if you, if you, you know, if you look at this gentleman concept again, I just want to explore. So can a gentleman be funny? Can yes. they get angry? Yes. Can they, so, you know, yes. all of that. Yes. 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 A gentleman has no boxes. Okay. It's kind of like a, a gentleman is actually a true gentleman is actually kind of like a wizard walking around in the world. Okay. A wizard is never late. Okay. A wizard has the capacity to walk into any situation and know that they can handle the situation. And everybody wants to be around the wizard. Why? Because they have a sense of themselves. 
they're not looking at people and going, oh, you need to make me feel valuable by telling me how wonderful I am. They walk into a room and they own the room. Why? Because they own themselves. There's no part of themselves that they're cutting off. And they're willing to be this space of allowance and caring for every point of view in the room without having to judge it, without having to fight it, without having to prove they have power by fighting against somebody else's point of view or by belittling somebody else. They just don't. You know, a, an example of the exact opposite of a gentleman is a friend of mine had a brother-in-law and they went into this they went into this restaurant and the guy was, you know, belittling the waitress and going, is this the best wine list you have? And, oh my God, this is terrible. Send it back and all that sort of stuff. A gentleman has no need to prove anything about themselves. And the biggest difficulty we get into in interpersonal relationships and interactions with people is people who have one idea about themselves, like, oh my God, I'm small, I'm insecure, I'm significant. And they keep trying to prove the opposite of what they believe about themselves. A gentleman knows who they are and they are willing to be there, totally present for whatever's going on. And they're also willing to call bullshit on bullshit, but they don't have to make somebody feel bad to do it. But they're also a voice for change in the world and a voice for possibilities in the world. So I have a daughter who's 15. How can she be an invitation to men around her to choose something like this, to choose something different than what they may you know, perceive around them? Yeah, well, I would say the women that have read the book have gotten a totally different awareness about, number one, what men go through, mm. but also what is actually possible for a person to be as a gentleman. And so these two things together are where you recognize that like your 15-year-old daughter has an immense amount of awareness She's, you know, a beautiful being, a phenomenal person, and I happen to know her, you know, but when she can see a man as a gift, hmm. that alone can change a man's entire world, especially when it's sincere. Not when you're trying to go, oh, I think you're beautiful, even when you think they're not. But when she just sees him as a gift, whoever he is, however he is, that allows us as men finally the space to actually almost like unfold our wings into the space of what that person is being for us by seeing us as a gift. And the interesting thing is when a woman does that for a man or when another man does it for a man, whatever, a woman does it for a woman, you know, I keep saying that because I don't, this is not about yeah. exclusion. But when that happens, it's amazing to see the being that is allowing their wings to unfold, actually get the sense of them that never goes away. You know, and the relationship may be short, it may be long, whatever they have, or, or it may be a friendship, whatever. But it's interesting to see that when you be that for somebody and see them and don't judge them, and as their wings unfurl and unfold and expand, they never lose them. So acknowledging someone for who they truly be is the invitation yeah. to be a gentleman. Yeah, it truly is. So is that also for like a parent who has a, you know, I happen to have a, a girl, but it would be the same then for a parent to a boy. Absolutely. Yeah. So if a parent, if you have a boy child, please read this book. Please, please, please. Because it may be one of the greatest gifts you ever get in bringing this man up to be a different man in the world. And one of the other things that you start to get as you read this book, man or woman, male, female, other, undecided, whatever, <laughs> what you start to get is that men are actually this gift or can be this gift if, if they're given the right information, if they're not made wrong, if they're invited to actually acknowledge the gift that they are. 
And when I've seen men step into this, it's amazing how their lives change, but also the women in their life, their worlds change and they become greater across the board because men actually do have this potency. It's been kind of twisted into the alpha male or the human man who, mm-hmm. you know, who drinks beer and watches football and, you know, shoves a woman's head through the headboard during sex and that sort of thing. But the guys who are reading this book, believe if you're one of those guys, please don't read this book. You're going to hate it. Um, <laughs> that's not that's not who this is for. This is for the guys that their whole life have been sensitive and they've been aware and they know there's something different about them, but they feel totally wrong and don't know what the wrongness is. They don't know what their difference is and they don't know what their value is. But in acknowledging the difference, the value and the gift that men are, it's amazing to see them blossom and see what a gift they become to everybody around them. So one of the things you talk about in the book that really touches me is the, you know, going away from competition between guys and then going... Yes to actually, you know, acknowledging each other. And so in your life, what's that been like? Because yeah, I'm sure it oh my. hasn't always been there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bit of an understatement. For me, it's, it's interesting because from the time I was a little kid, I mean, I remember being a six-year-old kid. My mom and I moved to this house in the ghetto. And I mean, ghetto. Look up ghetto kids on Google. You'll see where I live. <laughs> Um, to, like drive-by shooting ghetto. That's the ghetto I'm talking about, okay? I actually do know what I'm talking about on this one. And there was another boy who was two years older. And I was just like, hi, oh my God, a friend. Let's be friends. Let me have your back. Let you have mine. Well, that lasted for about three days. And then there was another kid who came along. And the kid that was two years older, he happened to be Mexican. And I'm only saying this because it actually relates to what happened. And then this other kid came along and his name was Junior. And so I was like, oh, God, this is awesome. We have two best friends. And what happened was the Mexican kid told the other guy, Junior, who happened to be black. He said, oh, he hates black people is what he said about me. Now, I didn't know there was a difference. I literally did not know that I was a different color when I was living in the ghetto. Okay, I moved there when I was like, I don't know, three or four or something. And I didn't know that I was a different color. And then what he did was he told this other guy that I did not like black people. So they both went off and separated from me and had this friendship. And I was like, where did both of my friends go? And I was just hurt. I I remember crying as a little boy, not knowing what happened. And I literally still, I had no clue what happened. And so this has been something that I've experienced from the time I was a little. And, you know, I experienced this growing up and having guys separate from me because they were always competing with me for women and whatever. And my point of view was like, if you want her, please have her. I, okay. I did I never got it. Fast forward to, you know, 18 years ago, I started facilitating classes in access consciousness, traveling around the world. And I would have guys sitting in the class that were, you know, sitting there with their arms crossed, like, I'm not listening to you because we're in competition. And it always hurt. And this is something that, you know, I haven't really ever told anybody, but it always hurt. And finally, I got to a place where I was like, okay, they can be who they are, where it didn't hurt so much. But I was always wondering, why can't we get together? Why can't we play together? Why can't we contribute to each other? And so this thing has been present in my life many, many, many years. And then about probably five years ago, I started having different conversations in the classes that I was delivering, where I was talking to men and going, guys, Uh, I realized that what we're told is we need to compete with each other. 
I realize that this is what we're told by society. It's what we're told by the women around us who want to pit us against each other so they can have control. It's what we're told by, you know, other guys. I said, what if we start having a different conversation? What if we actually start contributing to each other like we would like to? And if you don't want to, that's cool. But just know the door is open if you want to. And it was shortly after that that I had the conversation with Liam that created the the impetus for the Return of the Gentleman book. But it was interesting because right after one of these really vulnerable conversations in class, I was in one class and I went to the restroom. I was doing sessions. I do this weird energetic work that <laughs> people say changes a lot of stuff. And uh, I was in the bathroom. There's one guy in there and we were just talking and saying, hey, and then another guy came in and I was like, huh. And we were talking about this competition because both of those guys were like, can we end this competition? I said, you know what? Yes. And I grabbed those two and two other guys and we had this session where I was facilitating four guys and it was about ending the competition between men, period. And it was amazing to perceive the gifting that was there between the five of us. Now, we all got up, we all had a group hug after that and we all just melted and we were like, wow, this is how the world can actually be for men. And none of us had really acknowledged it or known it until that moment. And all of us are sort of these men that really actually embrace the gift of being with other men, but but not like this reality says about if you're with other men, if you're with your bros, you exclude the hoes. That's probably not a nice thing to say, <laughs> but that's exactly the energy of it. You know what I mean? No, there's and you know they have this thing in the world, bros before hoes. That's it's so fucked up in so many levels. No, it's like. We were together, but we were also including all the women in our lives mm. and all the women that wanted to be part of this. And men started coming and going, hey, we want to be part of this too. And it created this energy. And there was this moment we spoke up in class because my friend Gary was facilitating the class and grabbed the microphone and we talked and we have this picture of all four of us or all five of us hugging. And it's just so beautiful. And it changed the energy of everybody in this room by acknowledging what we had just done and then being able to tap into the energy of it. That's what I know is possible. And I know there's so much more beyond that. This is just the beginning of a different conversation. But it, it's not just that, it's, it's this dive into the waters of possibility for what can exist as men, male, and, male, male interaction, male, female interaction on the planet. It's kind of a deep dive, but it's kind of a cool dive. I just, and, and I've known you for a long time, nearly, I think, nine, ten years. And I've seen the last few years how much this has contributed to your life with uh, having more men in your life, having that yeah. closer. So this gentleman, the whole idea of a gentleman is not for the women. It's as much for the men and Absolutely. for the women. Like, it, it, it's yes. not... It's not about the relationship between the sexes. It's about a way of being in the world, at least when I read the book. That's way more what this is about. Yes. And I wanted to add one last question. It's basically a lot of the tools comes from access consciousness in the book. And so how does consciousness tie into this? What is it with consciousness that allows somebody to be a gentleman, if you look at it that way? That's a great question. Well, consciousness, if we're going to define it as though you could... Consciousness is where everything exists and nothing is judged. From my point of view, being a gentleman is where every aspect of you exists and none of it is judged. Mm. And you're not right and you're not wrong. And from that space, then you can be everything you actually are. And then it becomes a matter of what would I like to be? What do I like to choose to be? And that's where your life starts to become your choice. And it's the same thing with being a gentleman. All these things are available and possible. 
I have experienced them personally. I know hundreds of men around the world that have, that have chosen to explore many aspects of this. And so it's, it, it's where we actually finally get to be all of us, recognize the gift that we are and not have to cut off or cut off or judge any part of ourselves as wrong. So I could probably continue to talk about this for a long time, but me too. If you, if you would like to check this out and if you would like to know more, you can go to return of the and you can find out more both about the way of being a gentleman in the world and about how to use consciousness to actually get there. Yeah. So I would say if this piqued an interest in you, go there and check it out. You can also hear the, I think it's the first chapter that you can read actually yes. as a free download. So go and check it out. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, my dear. And thank you for your contribution to this amazing book. And thanks for the contribution you are with the, with the podcast. What a gift to everybody. Hmm. Okay, bye. Bye, y'all.